Hello and welcome to Muppet Sational, the UK's biggest Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's season two, episode 18, starring the bombastic J.P. Morgan. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppet-sational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppet-sational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jade Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are here this week, as we are every week, to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show. How are we both doing on this rainy Sunday afternoon? The sun's trying to come out here. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not actually raining at the moment. It was really heavily raining earlier, though. Well, it's grim in Peckham, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I vaguely made a promise to myself that after we finish recording today that I'm going to go to the gym. But if it's raining, I'm not. So part of me <laughs> hopes it keeps raining <laughs> so I don't actually have to go. <laughs> oh. I think the bad news is that I reckon the sunshine's on its way if Emma and I are in some some oh. form of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's heading east. <laughs> oh god. Damn it. Well, let's let's see how quickly we can get this episode done so that I can say, oh well it's raining when I come. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh dear. How are we both doing? Yeah, I'm alright. Um like with the in a little bit of it inside the podcast for everyone this is our third episode recording in what, just two days two days yeah. so well we've always got to bank them up yeah <laughs> no it's all good it's fun it's nice to be back in the swing of it it is well it all it is all thanks partially to us all having a free <laughs> weekend <laughs> just out of nowhere out of the blue i was meant to be partying with gays in manchester and then there was train strikes so we sold our tickets and then the train strikes got cancelled oh, so so annoying oh uh, it's all right i mean I mean, Peter was very concerned about having to get his Glastonbury tickets this morning, which would have meant having to, I don't know, either have stayed up the entire oh, night God. and then into the morning <laughs> to then do it, or like set an alarm after having gone to sleep only, you know, 20 minutes before. So I think this was probably the, uh, the best case scenario. And Peter did get them! Yay! Good for him. But I'm not going because uh, I <laughs> hate the idea of uh, camping. Can't think of anything worse. <laughs> Yeah, I don't miss camping. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. I've never, I've never even done it. It's just like, I know it's a concept. I'm like, nope, <laughs> Emma, we've never been camping, have we? No, and I mean, when I did it in New Zealand, I did it in six weeks, but it was in a camper van. So that's as close as I got to a tent. <laughs> uh, next year, uh, two of my friends are getting married and they love camping and they are getting married on a Cornish uh, campsite where we have all had to book teepees. <laughs> And I am already dreading it. I'm like, where do I plug in my hairdryer? How do I hang up my suit? And then the worst kicker is the bride isn't even staying in the campsite the night before the wedding. She's going to a hotel so she can get ready. (laughs) She is clearly doing this correctly. Although, yeah, a wedding at a campsite is... An interesting concept. I mean, it's a very, uh, to be fair, it's a bougie look. Well, as far as I can see, it's a bougie looking campsite. And it's, you know, near, uh, it's near the coast. So then we'll go to the beach and stuff like that. But there is a little part of me that's like, God damn it. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to have to be in a tent. 
<laughs> At least it's a teepee. Like, it's not like you and Peter are going to have to struggle to put the tent up. And Oh, God, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. I <laughs> There would be a wedding and a divorce <laughs> if that was the uh, case. <laughs> um, speaking of camp, let's <laughs> move on to this... <sighs> episode of television wild um, episode wild. of television whoa <laughs> my god jade why don't you kick us off with a little production information i shall indeed so this was originally broadcast on the 26th of february 1978 it was written by jerry jewell joseph a bailey jim henson and don hinckley and directed by Peter Harris. And Emma, I knew literally nothing about J.P. Morgan uh, this time yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, do enlighten us, or especially me, please. Yeah. Um, So same, when I was kind of Googling J.P. Morgan, it kept bringing stuff up about the bank. So I was like, (laughs) this can't be right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so J.P. Morgan is a singer, actress um, and game show panellist. Oh my God, amazing. (laughs) She was most well known in the 50s and 60s. And she was most famous for her hit, That's All I Want From You. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard that song or not. Nope. Not knowingly. No. Um, she was on a lot of different TV shows, a lot of variety shows. She was like a, a vocalist on shows like Stop the Music. And she also had her own show as well. Um, she was also on the Gong Show, oh. which was obviously quite a like riotous TV show. And she eventually got fired from that show because... She flashed on TV and she got fired. <laughs> oh my God, what year was that? Um, I don't know. I think it must have... I don't know if it was before or after she was on The Muppets. I'm going to say before. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to look it up because I feel like if it was before, that is crazy that they booked her. Yeah. Oh my God, this is great. I'm falling even more in love with JP Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, did you... While I'm looking this up, did you see how she got the name JP Morgan? Yeah, she was... Um, Because her, her, well, her name that she was born with was Mary Margaret Morgan. And then um, I saw that it was Mm. something like when she was at high school, she was, huh? No, like, uh, mm, her initials are just, mm. Oh, mm, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. And then she, uh, yeah, she got the nickname when she was at high school um, because she was like a school treasurer and that and it basically came from JP Morgan so that's oh my god yeah. so it is kind of oh it's kind of like how aquafina is called aquafina and that's also a brand of and she just chose the name <laughs> yeah so she was a singer predominantly and then just did acting on the like on the side like what is she? I just want to know more about so her. Was she, was she in movies? She was a singer, mm. but she yeah. she did also do she did some TV work, as in sitcoms and things. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then and then I think she just became you know as we have many of them now famous for being famous like you know and then she'd just be a panelist or a judge or whatever on on shows and things. Amazing. It's quite hard to pinpoint exactly what her. <laughs> her lane is i think she, yeah i think it was just sort of like maybe if she got offered stuff she just did it just an all-rounder yeah yeah exactly kind of like a bruce forsyth style of like they sing a little they act a little they present a little yeah i think the gong show thing might have happened after the muppet show that feels yeah more likely yeah um she is also in home alone 2 lost in new york her official designation in that is celeb number two. 
So. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm intrigued as to who she is in that. Well, I've got to say, I had no idea who this person was before the episode started. And then <laughs> I think I'm fully obsessed with Jamie Walker now. <laughs> she is... My first notes are, oh my god, she's fabulous. <laughs> just From the moment she just tosses a bomb at Scooter, I was like, I'm in love. <laughs> I love that they had her playing this, like, I don't want to be cute. I don't care for, like, just like a puppet show. And I want to sort of do something a bit risque or what, like, I mean, I... I... <laughs> she wants to flash on the Muppet show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that was left on the cutting room floor, thankfully. Yeah. She's just so yeah, so arch and a bit sort of like hoity about it, but in a but in a way that is it's a bit. But it's yeah. just so it's just such a fun, interesting energy that we've not quite had before. And they play into it so perfectly. I mean, right into her first number, but not before we have another explosion in the opening titles. I mean, <laughs> it's like their shipment. Of of that blasting that exploding jaguar or whatever it is, just like they could, it shipped her like at this time, and they're like, God, we've got an entire seasons worth of explosions, like that we need to use up, and we're already on episode eighteen of the second season, like we need to get them gone. It is bizarre. I feel like this season's been a lot less explosive heavy yeah. than season one, and then this episode they're just They've like gone absolutely mad, hog wild <laughs> <single> one, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Crazy Harry blowing Gonzo up at the start. I thought that was... Because all of the ones recently have just been Gonzo on his own with the trumpet, which is fun. Obviously, we love seeing Gonzo, but just like, yeah, I love that Crazy Harry's just on the rampage this episode. Yeah, truly. Like, he's like a vendetta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then to go straight into Kermit introducing Jay's first number... And saying that it's the first thing the Muppets ever did. Um, I was having a look on Muppet Wiki. Thank you, Muppet Wiki. Thank you, Muppet Wiki. <laughs> Kermit is is speaking the truth. Tweedly D, Jim and Jane performed it on WRC TV's afternoon show uh, with two bird puppets. And it is literally the first thing that they ever did wow, on television. Wow, that's nuts. That's very cool. Yeah, and actually, uh, we'll obviously get onto it later. But that old black magic... Uh, is a song that Kermit and Sam did on Sam and Friends as well. So oh, two wow. of Jay's numbers are real classic Muppet, you know, like historical Muppet songs. So yeah. that, like that's quite fun and nice for her. It's so mad when you think about that Jim has sort of been hustling away for over 20 years at this point. And obviously Sesame Street has like... Exploded. Exploded. <laughs> but then... To... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but then... Because you, you sort of think of the Muppets as always... I don't know, it's just mad to think that he was already 20 years into his kind of career mm-hmm. before the Muppet show happened. It uh, gives hope to all of us. I was <laughs> going to say, it <laughs> gives hope to us all. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Tweedly, tweedly, tweedly
thousand miles to be here. The plane was late, I haven't slept, and I'm dressing with a bunch of pigs. Then they put me in this bird brain costume. Want me to be cute? The feathers smell like a skunk. Then I gotta say, So this is crazy. I love it. Like <laughs> the moment that JP just pops up in this bizarro, like feathery bird outfit. I love it. And the fact that they're letting her keep her like <laughs> these feathers smell like a skunk and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going into a coma. Just like she's fully like deflating this number all the way through. I know. I love it. Especially when she's like, what am I doing? I flew like 8,000 miles to do this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that is just her generally complaining. Like, you can imagine her saying that two seconds before they called action and they were just like, yeah, just chuck it in the song. It'll be hilarious. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. When Shirley Bird appears as well, it's just yeah. like... And she's just like, oh God. Like, yeah. it just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's just exactly the... Like, it's just such a really fun energy to have. I think not since, um, oh, what's his name in the chicken outfit? Harvey, Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. have we had someone so disgruntled, but this yeah. is 10 times funnier. Like, I just love it so much. I just couldn't stop laughing at it. Because she's, she's playing it in a knowing way where yes. it is still that the Muppets are in on the joke, whereas Harvey Corman just did generally seem annoyed to be there and yeah. like, I just want to get out of this chicken suit and yeah. what am I doing? Whereas she just is like, she knows it's funny to be the yeah. grump and to be playing that alongside Richard Hunt's chirpy little Shirley Bird. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic kind of somebody in a big Mickey Mouse outfit taking mm -hmm. off their head and like smoking a cigarette. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the combination of ludicrous outfit, depressed person dressed in ludicrous outfit and just being like world weary and sort of so unmagical. <laughs> like it's great. I think the fact that they've done it on the green screen and she's just like floating yeah. in uh, against this like bright blue backdrop and obviously she's in like the most colorful outfit i think we possibly have ever seen on the muppet show and it's like they're doubling down on like her being like this is fun and for the children and whatever yeah. and she's just it's like so, no it's so undignified <laughs> yeah. like it's so sort of like <laughs> ludicrous that yeah. she's going to be standing in front of some sort of green screen or whatever equivalent just in an otherwise empty room dressed in this feather outfit while one other person as a like a chirpy bird's like hi <laughs> he's just like oh god <laughs> like, it's just it's it's the energy of <laughs> if emma had to entertain children <laughs> <laughs> it's so true yeah just <laughs> never leave emma at the kids table <laughs> just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> I um I did look up the song. I'm guessing you both know Tweedly Dee. Sort of. Yeah. So it's got an interesting history. So um Laverne. Oh no, Baker, this isn't when you reveal that it turns out it's racist, is it? <laughs> it's not like well, it's not racist as in the song isn't racist, but the history of the song is kind of racist. Perfect. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Laverne Baker originally did it as a black singer. Um, and then Georgia Gibbs, who was white, did a cover of it and it became a lot more popular. Cal Surprise. Yeah. And basically then they had a huge battle over whose song it was and who had the rights to the song. 
Alvis also covered it because, of course, yeah, he did. Of course, he did. <laughs> but it was popular again in the 70s because little Jimmy Osmond did it in 1972. <laughs> so I am assuming that that is probably why it was on The Muppet Show, other than uh, Jane and Jim obviously doing it back in the 50s. That adds another layer of humiliation if you're now singing yeah. a song that's like related to the Osmond, particularly yeah. like the youngest Osmond. Do you know what I mean? Like, the most twee and annoying Osmond. It'd be like a 30 year old having to sing Puppy Love. And you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, as a bit of backstory for the song as well. But yeah, it, it was. It was a great opening. It was really, really, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> <Fun>. love <laughs> Yeah. And then the cut to Waldorf and Statler, who I thought were really on it this week. They had some really great zingers. Having their little, you know, acknowledging the bad joke to the audience, literally, and sort of saying, like, one of us, we, like, flipped a coin to see who had to give that joke. Great. It was good. It was really good. And I think it set up quite nicely what was to come in their next their next few basically complaining about the the bomb runner and everything. Yeah. The first like eight or nine minutes of this show, basically up until I think it's like at the dance, is such a like chaotic but seamless kind of like bam, 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 mm. bam of everything. Everything is like feeding into the next part. Like character develops the comedy, which then develops plot. And it's just... I was rollicking along until we got to At The Dance. And even then, At The Dance was not as bad as it usually is. But then it does Oof. kind of... Uh, it's We'll get there. But, like, I've got to say, the, this first sort of, like, opening button, first number, first couple of sketches, I was really like, oh, my God, is this going to be my favourite episode of the season? Because this is just, like, like a runaway train of chaotic joy. Yeah, I think the, the backstage bit with Kermit and Jay is really, really good fun. Like, it's still playing on that persona that she's obviously basically had since the start of the episode. Yeah. Emma, were you getting slightly, like, I was getting, like, arch Judy Garland vibes from her in this bit? Like, kind of like when Judy's a bit sort of, like, on her TV show being a bit like, oh, oh, okay. Well, like, when she's doing, like, a little bit. Yeah, no, I did. I thought it was really, really funny. And it was just, like, when she was like, I'm just indifferent to being here. Like, yeah. she was just... <laughs> that's such a great like (laughs) can you you imagine someone actually like booking someone onto a show and then them being like I am indifferent about being on this show (laughs) (laughs) it's it's such a dismissive (laughs) way what was it like the the opposite of love isn't hate it's indifference like that is yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you just do not care you know you have it's Don Draper in the elevator with oh yeah um <laughs> Bob yeah. Benson <laughs> yeah no it's not Bob Benson it's um what's his name the little short guy is it Ginsburg he says it too Ginsburg that's it he's like um oh he says something he's like I don't think about you at all <laughs> 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 I'm thinking uh, of the other elevator scene which is Pete and Bob oh what not great Bob <laughs> yeah I think so I think I just like. Cross them. In the <laughs> oh right! Okay, I was going to say that's not really relevant to this. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm just saying. I think that's where I thought it was Bob Benson. Okay. I just like mushed them. <laughs> so now I'm just thinking, not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
his his like his mother has been thrown off a cruise ship. That show is honestly that show is honestly wild. Sometimes it's like every sort of like very slow and sedate and introspective. It's suddenly like Pete's mother's been thrown off a cruise ship. It's like, his father died in the airplane crash, and it's like what. <laughs> Oh, Peggy stabs like her boyfriend with a knife that she's got on the end of a long stick. Like, <laughs> like, what is this? Oh no! Now I'm gonna have to watch Mad Men again. <laughs> so from one chaotic moment to another, we go to Swedish Chef with his coconut. His coconut. This for me was one of the best Swedish Chef sketches we've had. In a long time, because it just felt so classic. We're getting him just trying to smash open this coconut. I wrote down, this is me trying to cut into a mango. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I have to make this goddamn mango salsa with this delicious fish tacos recipe from Table Manners, I forget every single time, like, what side is the side I'm meant to slice? And if I feel the resistance, how do I? And then you have to cut the little, and you get so little mango (laughs) from, like, cutting this thing. You do. Like, like, why have I bothered? (laughs) Like, what is the point of this? How many mangoes do I have to slice through to get this damn salsa just as a as an aside lewis the last time we did something that involved mango chunks i did just buy mango chunks because i was like i cannot be bothered to deal with the mango today i think i might have to do it because i've long since given up doing i i think i tried once to cut open a pomegranate and like oh, yeah get those fucking seeds out and i was like never again yeah. so now I just, i'm like sorry. yeah literally like i'm sorry like Sorry, Greta, but there's another plastic <laughs> another plastic tub is getting tossed in the bin. Like I can't. We're terrible people. We know that, but you know, there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna be slicing mango like I'm Betty Draper trying to put together a, a centerpiece for some sort of dinner party. And then, I mean, the denouement. Of him opening up the coconut and it's another bomb. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ah! <laughs> like this is too much. I I cracked up that it was a bomb. I then actually shrieked at the television when I saw that he was on fire. Did you know? Like Emma, yeah. I'm guessing you noticed his little. There's hat. a lot of people on there fire. Were a lot yeah, there are people on fire today. <laughs> I think the health and safety monitor was off for this episode. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, we're going to go for it. We're going to see if we can actually burn a puppet. <laughs> burn this place down. Yeah, it was great. It was like, he was so frazzled and he was literally on fire and he was like all sooty. And it was just a really, really great, solid Swedish chef sketch. And then to follow it up with exactly what the audience is thinking from Stoutler and Waldorf with them saying they've already done bombs this episode and then third time's the charm I mean it's just so Muppets it's just I love it just double down on the stupidness and silliness and yeah if it's if it wasn't funny the first two times it's definitely going to be funny the third yeah I can't I genuinely can't believe this first like 10 minutes of this episode it's just like (laughs) so madcap but i really love it because i think it's done so well you know we go on to like we sort of head backstage and then that sort of leads directly to fozzy then having to go on stage to mm-hmm. introduce the next act and then we get a lovely little moment with wardorf and statler that just again it's 
it just works so well, even though it's the same f setup that we've had before. Somehow this time it's just knocking along a lot faster. Like, you know, mm. it's moving really seamlessly between on stage and backstage. And I think having Waldorf and Statler there and actually using them in this way helps to link that, doesn't it? Because that sort of helps with your transitions. But also like when you have someone like Fozzie who we obviously know they love to heckle come back on. Yeah. You're maintaining that continuity. And lest we forget before we move on, that obviously when you're backstage again, you get yet another explosion of the cake in JP's dressing room. Oh my oh. God, that was a huge explosion. That was. Like, <laughs> the door went flying. The door. That seven-eighth the size door was gone. <laughs> yeah. And my absolute favourite moment though was when we panned out from that back onto Fozzie and Kermit. And you could see her like long boot leg yes. against the door <laughs> that cracked me up it i did, thought that yeah. was very wizard of oz like you know like oh yeah wicked Witch 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 legs, like yeah hanging out yeah it was it was great it was so funny and she clearly again for all of her i don't want to play q i'm not interested in playing along with your games like clearly so game the fact that she's literally throwing herself out of an exploded door and shoving a boot in the air oh it's only going to get even closer as we move along <laughs> oh my like, god i know and also i love the fact that obviously someone's had to go along and like char and like tear up all these costumes as yes. well yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god god. absolute chaos which yeah continues yet again yeah. into gonzo the great's Flight of the Bumblebee, which, if you both remember, is literally the first ever song that Gonzo does anything with. In the Juliet Prowse episode, which is 101, he says he's going to eat a tyre to Flight of the Bumblebee. And we get a couple of bars of it and then it abruptly cuts away because obviously Gonzo can't literally eat a tyre. Oh my God, I, had, I did not remember that you don't remember at that. all. Well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's back. And this time he's with Rolf and Animal. <laughs> Emma, what what did you think? Oh, my poor Rolf. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, being beaten. <laughs> like, beaten. Animal's going absolutely mad, like clubbing this like bee and just hitting everyone on the head. Like multiple clubs. Yeah, against multiple Rolf's clubbings. Head. Like what is going like it's just crazy chaos. <laughs> I, I, again, I loved it because it was just keeping the pace up to yeah. just such an insane degree. And I think like almost the two biggest chaos agents in the Muppet troupe beyond obviously like Crazy Harry, I feel are Animal and Gonzo. And yeah. then just to have Gonzo playing the most madcap tune, like the flight of the bumblebee is already sort of like a, <laughs> like I think. And then we've got Animal just like with a big old stick, just ready to beat people trying to get to the bee. It was... <laughs> I loved it. I did. It was great. It was so simple. I think Rolf's reactions were hilarious in this as well. Because yeah. he went from looking a little bit perturbed and like oh my god i need to duck and get out of the way to at the end he genuinely looked scared for his life yeah like, I, think... I know <laughs> it was it was such great reaction work to yeah gonzo and animal just going crazy it was really really funny yeah. and gonzo just like so 
trying to focus on still playing. Like, yeah. he was so trying not to, like, pay attention to Animal, which just made it even more bonkers. It was like a fever dream, to be honest. It almost feels like it's what Gonzo would imagine, like, his big numbers would be like. And then yeah. he's just, like, convinced Animal to <laughs> to come and get involved. Yeah. I can never separate this music of the flight of the bumblebee from the... Do you remember, was it Lurpak that used to have the, the trumpeting playing guy mm. made out of butter? Like, he always used to like run around and be like... <laughs> I don't just always remember it. And then they all burn in that Ardman fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it? I can't believe it's not butter. No, no, Lurpak No, I think was it the... was Lurpak. Lurpak yeah. was the little trumpeter. I just remember. <laughs> just, and then they all melted in that Ardman fire. <laughs> just... mm. I know. Mm, so sad. Oh, yes, it was. But, yeah. yeah. More chaos. <laughs> and then. It comes crashing down. I know. I literally wrote, no! Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like so happy about how well this episode had gone. And then. We land back in that goddamn ballroom. And the gag this week is the trouble with... Men, women, you, you, you. (laughs) I mean, the only thing I did have is like, all the jokes are kind of linked at least. So there is maybe a better through line in this at the dance sketch than there usually is where it's just like any shit that sticks to the wall. Do you know what I mean? That they just toss up there. (laughs) And you know what? I did laugh at the nose gag. I'm a simple man of simple pleasures. And when that enormous schnoz like, came like careening round, I was like, ah! <laughs> I think that was the only one that I was like, okay, fine. I'm sorry if I'm being really stupid. I literally did not understand the first one about him saying women take things personally. And she just replied, I don't. What what was that? Because she's taking the general comment and making it specific to her. So women do take things personally because she's made a general comment personal because she says, I don't. Oh. Yeah. I okay. mean, it's I would say it's a thinker, but it's not really a thinker. It's yeah. more like a, oh, <laughs> like, a, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I did, on, on both of my watches, I was like, I still don't understand. I think I might have even rewound it's on the It's because you weren't watch. taking it personally. Yeah, <laughs> Clearly, yeah, exactly like you've just said, Lewis. Like, just the pace and the the fun level and the anarchy of the whole opening of this episode just feels like it gets completely put on pause, so that we can have a couple of crap jokes between yeah. some couples. And I just don't, I don't know. Obviously, everyone knows how we feel about at the dance anyway but like it's just such a disappointment to have it in this episode because it just felt like it was off to such a flyer like why would you why would you put it here and if you did still need it to fill some time why not put it a bit later in the episode when maybe things have calmed down a little bit because i feel like it does sort of calm down in intensity as the episode goes on. Yes. It, oh, absolutely does. But this feels like such a sort of like screeching halt yeah. rather than a it's sort like... of, yeah, rather than, I don't know. And can't think of anything off the top of my head of how they could have, I don't know, even just more just like a fast, a faster paced song. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I don't want to sort of move up JP Morgan's closing finale number to here. Cause that feels like a waste. Personally, I think you could swap this with Muppet Newsflash. 
Yes, and that's a that's, oh my god! <laughs> like that is, like, we'll you know, get there. But that's just like done. You know, yeah. like that, and that that would still have kept up that energy. Yeah, because then when you get to like the, and then if you still followed it with the the Rolf number, that still mm. got that builds in intensity, yeah. but then lands and ends. Yeah, maybe you're right. Actually, maybe that's what they would need to do. I think that would help at least. Hmm. But obviously, at the dance, you know, just let it fly away somewhere. <laughs> that would be great. Like you promised it would. Oh, how did I know that was? Coming? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you hear that, you're like, yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> Another literally. week of me just getting lambasted. <laughs> I'm like, I already hate this. And also on top of that, now I doubly hate this because I'm... <laughs> apparently personally responsible for this entire sketch somebody has to be (laughs) it's not me much in the same way that emma is personally responsible for rolf (laughs) emma what did you think of this gorgeous little number between rolf and fozzy Oh, it was so cute i loved it so much i love the fact that kind of Rolf sits there, he's like, you know, just playing, having a great time. Fozzy rocks up and like, he's like, hey, I can play. And he's like, oh, okay, but didn't know you can play. And then they just do this duet and it's so cute because Rolf's like, can you do this? Can you like, you know, catch up with me? And oh, my heart literally like melted when I watched it. It was such a beautiful thing. It's so charming and still funny. And yeah. Even th- so, that first moment where Fozzie comes in and Rolf does this little lean onto the piano as he watches Fozzie, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like you're just you beautiful little specimen." And as it builds up and up, and they do the, and then th- my favorite bit: Fozzie loses his hat, and Rolf's like, "Can you play Hatless?" And Fozzie's like, "I don't know who's who wrote it." And it's just like, "Yes, <laughs> classic stupid gag." <laughs> <laughs> oh. really really lovely i think it's such a shame it's the uk spot <laughs> yeah no this is the uk spot yeah. yeah what a waste i know i'm i will take personal responsibility for this for our us listeners i'm sorry you did not get this on the original run but at least you can see it now because it's so lovely it's i assumed so it must have been floyd and the bass like i was no, like was no this was what the oh, that's so stupid the song is English Country Garden as well, which is just like a traditional bit of music. I like I vaguely think I possibly learned to play this in the brief period of time when I learned to play piano, but I never knew I you learned not... piano. <laughs> it was it was a very short lived thing. It was like 
two or three years tops. It wasn't very long that I learnt for. Um, yeah, I have my grade five in music theory. <laughs> Could I recall any of that now? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't. That's like when I think about how I got like an A star on my sociology A level, and I can't remember a single thing. <laughs> I remember I wrote an entire essay on six different kinds of Marxist feminism and I could not what? for the life of you. Yeah, like there were six different... Do you know what? That's the- like, I, I, you know when I did like that really brief journalism course, I learned how to do shorthand and I actually passed it and got a certificate. I have no idea how to do that now. Literally oh, no Emma, clue. that's such a shame. I wish I could do shorthand. Why? Why would you need shorthand in this day and age? Because it's shorthand. It, it saves you time. So does just pressing record on your phone app. Like, <laughs> and at least then you can actually engage with the conversation with the person. You're sort of going... <laughs> you know, like, no, but not, like, not for interview purposes. Just for, Yeah, like, but this was like 10 years ago. <laughs> this was 25 years ago. When... <laughs> <laughs> you still had to write your story on a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, I have no, like, no idea. <laughs> no idea. anyway back to Rolf and Fozzy I really liked at the end as well when after they'd gone flying off the bench did you notice that Rolf popped up like back onto the piano as if to say like I'm okay I'm okay I'm still here it was really sweet he knew Emma needed to know that he was okay yeah yeah he did he was okay Somebody who is not okay is J.P. Morgan in this next sketch who gets four different explosions near her and then her own hat, which is then on fire. Catches fire. It's on fire. You could see the little flame. I know. And I was like, oh, is that going to be the joke? And it's like, no, she's just incidentally on fire. Like, why is nobody stopping this sketch? I honestly, when I saw that, I was like, I can't believe she agreed to do that. Why would you have an explosive on your head, especially in the 1970s? (laughs) oh god maybe that was the payoff she was like i want a flash and they were like no you can't do that (laughs) but what you could do can't have a flash but you can have a bang (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god what her outfit in this loved obviously hat great but god she's a flame (laughs) help her flames flames on the side of my face (laughs) like breathing heaving breaths Again, I liked that they were calling out the explosive, the fact that that was obviously the theme of the episode and also that The Muppet Show is known for them. Yeah. I wonder if they were responding to like specific criticism. You know, like if there'd just been like some general press that was like, oh, the, all The Muppet yeah. Show is is explosions and I don't even know, there's not even been that many flying chickens or whatever yet. At one point, it really sounded like JP Morgan said shit. Mm, I think she said check. Yes, exactly. But I was like, it was, I'd write down check or shit. I was yeah. like, check. I was like, what? <laughs> like, come again? No, I thought the same. Maybe, she, yeah. I think she was just pushing as far as she could in every direction. Just like, can I, what can I get away with? God, she seems so much fun. Is she still alive, Emma? She is. <gasps> How old is she? Um, I think she's in her 90s. I couldn't actually find a date of birth for her. Perfect. Now I love her even more. <laughs> like that's the kind of energy I like. <laughs> What's a drive-in? <laughs> the whole business of the sketch of obviously there's lots of explosions. It's done so seamlessly, and it seems like it's. Did you see cuts? 
Because I was wondering no. whether there was two Kermit puppets. I think there's two Kermits. Because... Yes, because that's what I mean. Because they really didn't... You know, that sort of yeah. jarring cut was I'm not... I'm pretty there. sure it was all done in camera. Because there was, there was nothing... Because most of their cuts are pretty obvious. Even if they're well done at this point, they're still pretty yeah. obvious. But the thing that I actually noticed was... I think one of the puppets looked a little bit different to the other puppet. Mm. The one that was on the right of the frame looked like it was a slightly newer version of Kermit than the one that was doing most of the talking with Yeah, Jay. that's what I thought as well. Yeah. He looked a bit less like... Polished. Like the the one... Yeah, the one on the left was a bit more bobbly. And the other one was a bit smoother. <laughs> he needed a lint rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm pretty sure they used two, two Kermits. Yeah, I thought so too. But I thought I thought it was pretty seamlessly. It was done. very well done. Other than the fire, it was very well done. Jesus. I was like, did she know her hat was on fire afterwards? I don't think she did. No. She, but also, why is nobody in the crew stopping the sketch? You know, I mean, if you notice that, like, your guest's hat is on fire, and it's like it's the seventies, everything is flammable. <laughs> like. That hat could go up in seconds. She's probably wearing a ton of hairspray and it's like that old school hairspray that's killing the ozone layer. Like, <laughs> like Farrah Fawcett single-handedly like hurtling us towards global warming. They needed the shot, Lewis. They just needed that take. That's They'd nice. already used, you know, half a ton of explosions, explosives J- on yeah, that scene. JP Morgan needs her scalp. Like, Jesus. <laughs> no, that's overrated. Oh. I'd love to see what the contract is that they all sign before they go on the Muppet Show. Whether it's like, (laughs) if anything happens to you, we are absolutely not liable at all. Oh, I'm sure Lou Grade was like watertight on not being liable for stuff. Like that guy was. uh, Yeah, you agreed to come on this show. You deal with the consequences. (laughs) Yeah, at your own risk. It's like, was it called the jump? Oh my, god, oh my yeah. god, like most of them broke their like ankles or necks or did got spinal Wasn't injuries. It, was it Beth Tweddle that ended up with like really bad spinal injury? Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh she god. did all those years as like a professional yeah, gymnast nothing. and then it was the jump that basically <laughs> killed her. Killed her, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, let's just <laughs> Well, you know what I mean, like Yeah, she had a really bad like spinal yeah, injury, it was didn't really she? Really bad, wasn't it? <laughs> And then they cut the show. Yeah, fully. Enough. Yeah, but not straight away. It had another season and then they eventually were like, maybe we should stop this. We've maimed too many celebrities. <laughs> We've run out of idiots to agree to come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, winter sports, like, so dangerous. <laughs> I know. We've never been a winter sports family, have we, Emma? No. The most is probably like ski bobbing down at that place in the New Forest. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of ski bobbing and there was that like, wasn't, was it there or was it somewhere else where there was like donuts? That went down. Yeah. Oh no, they added the, the donuts later. They added on. the donuts. Yeah. 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 I used to love ski bobbing. <laughs> Such a weird little thing when I think about it. It's like this strange little faux alpine chalet that's just built atop a like dry ski slope in the middle of the forest. And you just sort of like slide down it for an hour. And then it's like, and done. <laughs> now we're gonna have hot chocolate. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanna go ski bobbing. <laughs> You can do that when uh, Peter's at Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> I will be sitting on my sofa, luxuriating in my ability to jump between stages without having to walk. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if I want the experience, I can, you know, go get a mild sunburn at some point during the day and drink an overpriced drink from a plastic cup, you know. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I wish I had money for fine leather goods. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find any way to go from fine leather goods to... <laughs> I kind of have one. Go on, go on. Speaking of people who have got a new outfit, Floyd is all dressed up in this next number. <laughs> nice. Yep. We'll allow this transition. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most seamless, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> It'll do. Yeah. Uh, so this is Big Noise from Winnetka, which, I mean, I can't even read my own writing on this. Hold on. <laughs> Were you doing shorthand? <laughs> yeah, I attempted. <laughs> <laughs> but having never, having never learned shorthand, <laughs> you just attempted it. It's like, this doesn't mean anything at all. <laughs> that was how I felt most of the time. I don't really know how I got the certificate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you must have just done enough of the um the shapes that they were like this looks something like it that's fine yeah ray i don't i'm not gonna say this name right baldock baddock no idea i'll be honest and bob haggart for the bob crosby orchestra i'm saying a lot of words that don't mean anything to me but basically yeah. it's a bit of a jazz um i think it became a bit of a jazz standard yeah <laughs> I was saying it's a bit of a in in terms of Muppet World, it feels a bit of a proto Walter mm. with the sort of the whistling, and yeah. then a bit of a play on the the way that the Manamana sketch goes, yes. where the <laughs> goes further and further back, and I was expecting him to run back Rush forward, forward and do, yeah. and then they just peter out to nothing. Nigel just walks away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's such a nothingy stupid sketch. See, I didn't mind it. Like, I thought it was fine. I thought it was going to build to something and I thought Nigel was going to rush back mm. to the front. But just having Floyd playing the double bass and Nigel whistling and yeah, that did feel very Walter and I didn't mind it for what it was. Um, but it did, just in general, I think it felt a little bit strange that like having had such a great opening to then have things like at the dance and then this kind of breaking up the flow of the episode was it was a little bit weird i feel like you can really divide the episode into like two halves mm, yeah absolutely i think i always get slightly anxious when i see somebody playing an upright double bass because it always makes me think about that cringeworthy clip of kim cattrall on some sort of interview where it's her and her then partner and they talk about how they enjoy doing jazz improv together <laughs> what Oh my god, I've not seen this. <laughs> what? Have you guys never seen this? Oh my god, I might just have to try and find it for you now because I don't even know if my impression of it would be like, good enough for quite how. Right, Kim Cattrall, double bass. Oh, I found it! <laughs> okay, oh god. It's literally, it's a 43 second clip and it's called <laughs> Kim Cattrall Talks About Hubby Mark. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait for you guys to see this. Okay, just wait for this. I can't wait. For, I just, I can't, I just want to watch you two watch it. I can't wait. <laughs> oh my god! Right, I'm just gonna watch you two. I read poetry and sonnets, and he plays the upright bass. 
Is this real? Yes! Well, he spit all the he dogs and winked at all the she dogs. The town never knew such a hullabaloo when the little dog raised till the end of that day. Feels me out. I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. <laughs> and that is it. And it's just the most cringe. <laughs> it literally it's feels like a parody. It does. It's so bad. Um, everybody, everybody at home, I please encourage you to look up Kim Cattrall talks about hubby Mark on YouTube. It's the best worst forty-two seconds of your life. Oh my god. <laughs> like something out of like best in show it just feels yeah, so literally. unreal <laughs> the he dogs and the she dogs <laughs> just scuba de <laughs> <laughs> so that's why i never feel quite safe when i see an upright bass because all i can think is like oh my god somebody's gonna do some improv poetry <laughs> kim cattrall's gonna come out from behind a curtain yeah literally feel up her hubby mark <laughs> Oh, hubby Mark. I don't think they're together anymore. <laughs> Ex Hubby Mark. Might need a minute. He's get ba do get ba da ba da ba bow. It's so stupid. And she's and she's so happy about it. And she's willingly putting that on television. Would you ever invite anybody to record that? And she has a music stand in front of her. Like, they do this often. <laughs> like, they've got the setup. Oh, God. Oh, Christ. That's hilarious. It's, I cannot believe you two have never come across that before. No, I feel like I haven't lived. You haven't. <laughs> you'll, you'll mark your life as before and after having seen that most cringeworthy clip. <laughs> That's it now. All we're gonna have to do is text each other and go, Hubby Mark. Hubby Mark. <laughs> he dogs and the she dogs. <laughs> Are you having a bad day? Yes. Hubby Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, well Floyd and Nigel had nothing on them, so uh, oh, no. <laughs> no. It's very disappointing. It is. Oh. So from Kim Cattrall. <laughs> To another difficult actress, uh, we go to <laughs> Pigs in Space um, with the Recalcatron first mate piggy. What the hell does that mean? I am looking it up <laughs> because I meant to do it before we started and I ran out of time. Recalcitrant means having an obstinately uncooperative attitude towards authority or discipline. <laughs> I mean, oh well, that's pretty bang on. Recalcitron, is that right? Recalcitron, recalcitrant, trant. It's T A R N T at the end. Um, yeah, and it was fatuous Link Hogthrob, and my favourite one, the describable <laughs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> They're amazing. I feel like they. They sit down and they're like, okay, we need to come up with words that sound like they're funny sounding words. Yeah. But that are like, yeah, just really silly. <laughs> and yeah. They nail it's it very, every time. It feels like a very um, 
I don't know, almost Harvard Lampoon style yeah. kind of joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels very, yeah, sort of. It's very writerly. I don't yes. know if that's a word, but it's sort of. Have either of you been watching Reboot yet? Because it's yes. now on Disney Plus. It's so I just ploughed all the way through it. It's great. It's, it's very so good. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I like they asked me a question at one point. Um, Paul Reiser asked one of the other like comedians, like, what's the funniest food? And she goes, oatmeal? And he's like, no, it's pickles. Like, it's just <laughs> such a like. <laughs> oh, I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Oh, Emma, I mean, you'll really it. like it. Now you that will. I finished Golden Girls. <laughs> Really keeping up to date on the hot new comedies of of now. Emma's got that Disney Plus on speed dial for yeah. the uh, hip new shows. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Emma literally is just like, like any like over sixty five year old woman. It's like watching reruns of the Golden Girls and then the new season of Grey's Anatomy. Like, only be like <laughs> she is a cat that's been left in an apartment with the television on. She's just like. <laughs> No, you'll love Reboot, Emma. It's it's such a, like, it's so insidery about sitcoms and writers' rooms and, like, old school. Yeah, it's well old done. Old school Hollywood versus, like, more modern takes. There's there's just some absolutely brilliant lines in it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. And Judy Greer, obviously. Oh, and Rachel. Oh, wait, did you ever watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yeah, Emma? love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah me did too. you watch it? No, I sort of started watching it, but then I didn't start, didn't go too far. Well, I'm afraid she's in it, so <laughs> enjoy it. She's great. It's a very got... different character. Mm-hmm. It is. And she has the kind of hair colour that I keep insisting that you should get, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day I'm just in your sleep, I'm just going to like get a little part and just like paint it. <laughs> oh. As long as you don't catch Emma's hair on fire, Lewis, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's get back to Pigman's Space. Sorry. Um, this was, I felt like, a kind of improvement on previous sketches. I felt like the first bit was a definite improvement. Yeah. You know, this idea that they're plummeting towards Earth. Okay, great. That's a sci-fi premise. Like, yes. we like that. That's, that's in keeping with the world. Great. Then engines fallen off you know they need to get rid of some weight okay great this is all sounding fine and it's funny that they're obviously both thinking piggy is the one that's gonna go fine happy with that and then as soon as she comes in and says that she's exhausted from doing the laundry i was just i was so so disappointed yeah i really like i just felt like that expectation that the start of the sketch had built up of like, oh, okay, where are they going with this? Like, this is genuine sci-fi and this is funny and I'm liking. And then I was just like, and we're back to the sexist 70s. I know it's sending it up, but it's just like, just get over it. Just do something else. There's so much more. There's, it's the same thing I say every goddamn time. There's so much more potential with this sketch concept. And it, you're right. That first half, you're like, oh my God. We're actually getting a plot and incident-based yeah. comedy in Pigs in Space. And then it immediately sort of falls back to this. And then once they get to the bit of, like, he's got a very special duty for her and Piggy realises mm. that it's meant to be her, that's fun. But it, it even then, it doesn't feel like it revs the engine back up properly. I don't know. No, and I actually think it might have even been funnier if maybe he had just... Like, maybe she was still tired and maybe it was from doing the first proper assignment that he'd given her... And then she's excited to do the next assignment, and yeah. do you know? And like, and and she realizes that actually, it's her that's getting booted off the ship, and you could still finish it in the same way or in a similar way. 
but instead of her just having come from doing the laundry, like I yeah. just, I just, I did kind of hope as well that we would have seen Link float past in the vacuum yes. of space. I really thought we were going to get that, and then it just didn't happen. Yeah, that <laughs> would like, have been really shame. good. I did think it was quite funny though when uh, he's obviously trying to like drop Piggy through the trap door, and he's like. Au revoir, that's so. And then she just reappears and then she starts going crazy and going like, hi-ya, and like just, just kind of drops him. him. Yeah. We haven't had a fat joke about Piggy in a while, which felt like, a, again, another strange little quirk. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and also just like extra bizarre coming from another pig. Like, yeah. Just... And not exactly a lean, you know, that's not some lean bacon. Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> I still feel like they haven't 100% got a handle on what pigs in space can do yeah which i don't know when we feel i feel like we live in a glut of like sort of parodies of sci-fi it does feel strange that this one doesn't seem to hit yet considering it feels like a fairly famous kind of space parody Mm. like i'd heard of pigs in space before i'd watched the muppet show yeah i knew i knew about pigs in space more than i knew about veterinarian's hospital i think yeah definitely and yet here we are, having enjoyed probably Veterinarian's Hospital a lot more. Mm. Well, one man who very rarely lets me down is <laughs> Muppet Newsman, who, <laughs> I mean, it's the exact same. It's the identical. Identical joke to last week with the sports equipment. But now it's an entire grand piano. And I, I mean, when they said I was expecting maybe like, I don't know. A bunch of violins or I don't know, but I did not expect a full grand piano to come crashing down. And after having spoken with uh, Warwick last week, I do worry for the uh, the puppeteer's hands of like, even how heavy was that faux, you know, grand yeah. piano? I mean, I'm guessing it was probably foam, so it was probably fine. But like, yeah, it did so, look like... You can't like, like e- brace for that. Do you know what I mean? I was going to say, even like from that. like a height, like that would have been, you know, yeah, an impact. Something, yeah. yeah. Um, I did notice that afterwards, when he was recovering, Lewis, the newsman was really touching his nose. I don't know if you noticed. And I was like, oh. Of course. He's protecting his investment. That is, that's <laughs> his, his money USP, maker. Baby. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't have that, I'm not interested. Like, that is, that's one of the key components. I wish I was kidding. Like. <laughs> we know you're not. I know. Oh, fuck. The bloody sun's come out. <laughs> We literally yeah, just told had you like it was a, coming. a huge no! downpour of rain, and now it's sunny again. I'm sure there's probably like a rainbow somewhere. Oh, I'm livid. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the return of a Muppet that, honestly, I would be more than happy never to see again in my entire life. <laughs> the return of J.P. Gross. Scooter's uncle and the owner of the Muppet Theatre, who... As they have to keep reminding us, because yeah. they know that nobody's <laughs> going to remember. I mean, I suppose when you realise that you've got a guest and a character on your roster that have literally the same initial and or name, I get I get it. And I suppose it's fine, but I do just hate him as a character. Which, yeah. I mean, I suppose we're meant to, but it's such a... You know when you're just like, ugh, God, get out of here already. There's a difference between hating someone because you're meant to, and that's like, there's a joy in hating them, if you know what I mean. Yes. And then the, and then what I feel about him, which is just like, oh, God, I just don't care. And also, he's such a... Oh, he's just an awful puppet. And yeah, I just don't like him. 
Yeah, it's the difference between, if I may real housewives this, <laughs> having an Erica Jane where I don't like you but you're good television, and having a Lisa Rinna and a Diana Jenkins where it's like, I hate you and I think you're also a bad person and I don't want you around anymore. <laughs> For anybody at home <laughs> just, uh, who's uh, on the housewives train right now. I do not watch, but I understand the uh, the, the the principle of the of the message. Oh, it's great television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I get what you're saying, which is just that they obviously saw that there was a joke there to be made with Kermit getting himself into hot water over a miscommunication over which JP he's talking about. Yeah, I kind of didn't like that JP Morgan then seems to side with yeah. JP Gross. Yeah, I kind yeah. of wanted, as soon as she realised that Kermit wasn't talking about her, for her then to be kind of back on Kermit's side and be mm. like, look out. Uh, but she doesn't. She kind of puts her arm around it. I'm like, yeah. no, that's the wrong kind of villainy. <laughs> get back, get away from her. <laughs> and I just also just don't quite understand why they, like if they wanted to do this, why do you only introduce jp gross halfway through the episode or not like three quarters of the way through the episode i'm kind of grateful to be honest because they knew <laughs> maybe they knew there wasn't much mileage in it and i'm kind of glad that but even just an acknowledgement at the start that he was there like he could have popped up in statler and waldorf's box or something i'm not saying like i don't you know i do not for a second want him on screen for longer <laughs> than he needs to be on screen but yeah. it was just bizarre that it was like oh now he showed up it's like yeah the show's been on for 20 minutes like what i suppose even if they sort of like slipped in a line of being like i can hear the explosions from my apartment like you know yeah. or something i don't know like or here's a report of like i don't know the show bombing and he's like well how's that different for any week you know like yeah. something something yeah jokes joke jokes but um <laughs> <laughs> yak 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 they make a couple of jokes we explode <laughs> something and then we do a song <laughs> like boom <Ta-da! laughs> show. We go from that into another Sam the Eagle monologue, which, compared to last week, I did enjoy a lot more. Although my first notes were, <laughs> is this predicting the storming of the Capitol? <laughs> like, <laughs> when people are, like, stealing the lectern and being like... <laughs> like... <laughs> It did feel a bit like that. Yeah. I thought it was cute. I liked that they were just kind of old timey robbers who were, and they were just, they were rinsing everything. Like at first they're yeah. just wheeling, wheeling the television out of yeah. the, of whatever this cat, you know, this state building is, which I thought I was know. great. And then the big safe, like all of it. And then they're just yeah. like taking the set down. And it was just, yeah. I did, I did think it was very cute. Um, It went on maybe slightly too long, but I appreciated that's probably because actually the logistics of, you know, getting those three puppets across and then pushing this thing across and then pulling that down um you know maybe a little bit snappier somehow but i did enjoy it i thought it was fun yeah i didn't think it went on like it didn't go on for oodles too long um i i appreciated it and i loved that they were like yeah that stereotypical burglar it made me think of um my sister when she was younger was like she kept asking my parents but what does a burglar look like? Like, I just don't oh. understand. And it was like when she was really, really little. And like, I think my mum ended up saying to her, like, yeah, they'll wear a mask and a stripy top and they'll have a bag over their shoulder that's got a dollar sign on it. Because she was just like, I don't know what to say to her. I was like, yeah. this is what my mum should have shown her. Like, this is what burglars <laughs> look like. Look, they're stealing everything. Yeah. I think... Don't hold me to this 100% because I'm sure it comes back in a slightly different form. But I think that this 
monologue style from Sam the Eagle on the plinth and with the seal and everything, I think this is the final time we see it like that. Which I guess kind of makes sense because his set has been robbed. So. It's been stolen. <laughs> You've made these kind of promises before, Jade. I, mean, I don't know why you're setting yourself up like this again. Like, Well, on Muppet Wiki, thank you Muppet Wiki, this is you, the Muppet final Wiki. one. There's no, okay. There's no more entries on this section. So... That is what I'm going off of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I'm sure Samley Eagle will still be giving addresses, but I guess yeah. maybe they come in a slightly different form than this. Um, we get a little bit of just like plot moving forward backstage with JP Gross being like, sure, I'd love to sing a number and uh, Kermit having to distract him with a contract so that Scooter can go and get our actual JP Morgan. Um, don't know if anybody has anything they'd like to say about this scene. It just felt a bit of a like plot development fine move it along well it's just a bit weird isn't it again that like the plot you know the plot in the first half of the episode was all about jp morgan not wanting to do cute things and like all the explosions and stuff and now we seem to have completely pivoted to a plot around jp gross wanting to sing (laughs) (laughs) and i like i just think story-wise it's a little bit strange yeah, I like uh, uh, for a chaotic episode. Actually, there's not particularly a massive story through line throughout the whole episode. Oh no! I mean, the entire first act plot line is just explosions, mm. and then plot two is then just suddenly JP Gross is here. Yeah, but I think at least in the first half, like we were saying, there is like a fluidity and there is a. Oh yeah, it flows perfectly. You don't notice that there's a plot, a lack well, of. Well, yeah, and there's a cohesion. All... Like it's sort yes. of. It, it, whereas this second half, other than the fact that Scooter now needs to introduce JP Morgan singing that old black magic, there's nothing to connect. I kind of. I'd, I sort of almost would have preferred if Kermit, rather than being a bit sort of like. had been a bit more active in a sort of like distract jp growth mm-hmm. it's like okay i'm gonna talk you through some contract flim flam or you know distract you with some stuff over here while scooter then has to run on yeah because it, it felt so seamless earlier on it seems yeah. it's odd that that it's now become a bit more clunky in its uh you know plot machinations because yeah it's doing it so seamlessly for the first 10 minutes or so and they do sort of try you get the Statler wardorf gag and then you cut backstage and Kermit says to the burglars, like, oh, we need him back within 30 days or what, you know, like they do sort of try to make it so it's still flowing. But the actual narrative of the story is just bizarre that like, yeah, suddenly Kermit's off doing contracts (laughs) to sign J.P. Gross. However, it does lead us into a joyful number with J.P. Morgan and freed from the confines of his piano slash keyboard, we get Dr. Teeth as a duet partner and a little bit of a mover and shaker. It's so good. It's so cute. I, 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 this felt such a, it, like, he felt like such a natural scene partner for her to, yeah. to do the number with. I feel like not since Rita Moreno and Animal and Connie Stevens and Bert have we had, like, a sassy, sexy, fun little number between the guest and a a guest Muppet, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like a, a secondary Muppet. And it was brilliant. It was really cool. They they she was doing it in a really Muppety way as well. Like she was sort of like She was aping mimicking. his style, yeah. 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 Which was really cool. And obviously it was nice that you had the electric mayhem and some other sort of little orchestra type Muppets in the background. Although Although what was this set? Yeah, the set is weird. And also I found the <laughs> staging a little bit strange because actually a lot of the time Jay and Dr. Teeth were just blocking 
like the back yeah. part, which was a bit of a shame. You, you just, but yeah, like, and the set is super strange. I don't know why they didn't just use the disco set. Because it looked like it was almost kind of the disco set, but then they'd covered it with this weird, like, regional production, the importance of being earnest garden <laughs> set with literally like some glitter tossed mm. onto it really haphazardly. Yeah. Very strange, but luckily the chemistry between Jay and Dr. Teeth was just yeah charming <laughs> although i was worried for um jay's right eye and dr teeth's feather yes. that kept like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's gonna get blinded I should stay away. What can I do? I hear your name and I'm a flame. A flame! A burning desire! Put on your kiss. Put out a fire! Yeah, it was such good fun. It was it was really cute. And as I said at the start, I think it's nice when you know that it's a song that has lived in the Muppet repertoire for a really long time as mm. well. I my knowledge of this song is Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. Are they the people who originated it, or was it just one of those like great American songbook kind of numbers that no. loads of people have covered? Yeah, so loads of people have done it. So it was originally for the musical Star Spangled Rhythm, and I think the Glenn Miller Band did it. Um, uh, okay. And then just after that, Judy did a version of it, which yep. was a big, big, big hit. Um, and then I think since then, yeah, just like everyone has done it. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's just a fun big number song, isn't it? Just a, just a great duet, really. The episode closes. We get the goodbyes. Um, I did kind of enjoy JP Gross coming on stage and trying to sing. I did think that was a kind of funny little ending because it kind of makes him appear ridiculous and deflates the whole thing. Yeah, I guess. I just like. <laughs> well, yeah, I just don't know if I, I, I could just do with him not singing but i agree like it makes him look absolutely ridiculous which is kind of fun my last notes are i'm honestly obsessed with her (laughs) (laughs) jp morgan i'm gonna have to do a google of her i just i need more of her in my life (laughs) particularly tweedly d and that all black magic i think are both very very charming and she yeah she's so on the muppets level and yes you know working with them and just really really playful and fun yeah oh and her outfit in the final number Mm. as well is my outfit of the week loved it wanted it craved it (laughs) yeah that's the one (laughs) all right i will i'm actually very interested to see how this episode is going to be ranked because i feel like it's almost a game of two halves but first we must decide upon our mvmp emma why don't you kick us off yeah, so my MVMP for this episode is Rolf. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, I just love his like moment with Fozzy in the UK spot. It was just such a beautiful thing to see and just so joyous and a lot of fun. 
Um, and also, I did like the bit with him uh, and Gonzo and Animal on the flight of the Bumblebee as well. That was really, really great. I just thought it was really nice to see him back again and just like all his, his interactions with Fozzie and with Gonzo and Animal and him just trying to play his piano. And, you know, he was just so sweet and encouraging with Fozzie as well. It was just really lovely to see. Um, so for that, I'm going to give him my MVMP for this episode. Um, how about you, Jade? I did very much contemplate Rolf uh, for my most valued Muppet performer for the week. Uh, I think he's great. But when I was reflecting back on the episode, I realised that Dr. Teeth was my yeah. favourite. And I also don't think I've ever given it to Dr. Teeth before. So I thought, like, I'm going to give him his props while I can. Um, yeah, I just thought that old black magic was so delightful. He was so in it with Jay, but also really still felt like him, um, you know. And I just love... Like they when they were swinging around him, think his arms were extending and contracting, and yeah, I mean his feather was definitely about to take her eye out, but like it was just so much fun what they were doing. Um, I'm sure there would have been a a nice version of that song had she sung with some of the other major Muppets, but actually the fact that he got to sing it was really really lovely, and I'm pretty sure that's what I'm gonna that and Jay dressed up as the bird are probably what I'm gonna <laughs> remember from this episode. So yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it to Dr. Teeth this week. Lewis, who's your MVMP? Jade, we're totally on the same track. I was almost going to give it to Rolf and then I decided on Dr. Teeth just because it's such a nice departure mm. for him to get out from behind his keyboard and re- they they utilise what kind of puppet Dr. Teeth is so well. But then simultaneously, JP Morgan is mirroring and working with his sort of manner so well and every kiss she has with him and every time she's like shaking her arms about in a sort of wild manner it was just yeah it was joyful and a sort of a real savior for that second half of Mm. the uh, the episode so yeah i think it's it's gotta be dr teeth um let's go to our rankings for this episode jade i'm gonna go to you first I think you should go to yourself, but I'll go first. I'll go first if you want. No, I can go first. No, no, it's fine. I'm going first then. Fine. No, I'm going. (laughs) I'm, I actually, I've changed my vote for it over the course of us discussing this episode. I was originally going to put this on the same level as Rudolph Nureyev and Julie Andrews because of how much I just personally enjoyed it. But then I was like, no, I'm just personally really enjoying J.P. Morgan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, actually, if I think about the episode as a whole, it really does get weaker in the second half. So I have dropped it down to seven cuckoo nudes out of (laughs) ten. I think, I don't think there's been potentially a stronger first nine minutes or so of a Muppet Show episode than the one we have here. Everything is so seamless. The characters are so on it. It's so fast and frantic and funny. And it just builds and builds and builds. And then unfortunately, it just kind of screeches to a halt. And there are little moments that follow that are still very good, but they can't kind of restart the engine in the right way. And then suddenly we've got a new plot being added in and it just doesn't gel as seamlessly as that first act does. And it's such a shame because I think if it had somehow been able to maintain that energy all the way through i could have made this my highest ranked episode Mm. ever like genuinely but as it is it just really kind of stalls but for 
introducing me to JP Morgan, I have to be eternally grateful. So yeah, I'm going to give it, you know, no, I'm actually going to go 7.5 cuckoo nudes out of 10. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. 7.5. It's done. I'm writing it down. <laughs> okay. Jade, you go next. Yeah, I largely agree with you. Um, I think we've, we've obviously spoken at length about the sort of two halves of this episode, but I think overall it does, it's still very enjoyable and she's a great guest star so i'm gonna go seven out of ten hats on fire (laughs) (laughs) flaming hats (laughs) um that old black magic was great i did enjoy sam the eagle and the burglars and the crime swedish chef with the coconut was great generally the bombs were good fun like i think it's just i love that they're leaning into that proper muppet anarchy and repeating jokes until they just get so silly and stupid you can't help but laugh um having two lots of rolf was just a lovely little cherry on top of the episode i did enjoy uh the (laughs) nigel and floyd although now it's been somewhat tainted by the he-dogs and the she-dogs <laughs> and the <scoop laughs> Hubby <dibbles>. Mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, uh, I just, I agree with you completely. Like, I just wish they'd sustained that opening. But again, I guess it gives me hope because I'm like, okay, well, they've nailed the first, like, 10 minutes. So now they just need to work on the next 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 10 to 15, yeah. Yeah. She is a lot of fun. And unlike something like the Cleo Lane episode, for instance, they did actually play to her strengths and you really did get to see her personality, which was lovely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Emma, what's your rating for this week? Well, funnily enough, um, I kind of gave it the same rating as you, Jade, and I actually had written down seven out of ten exploding hats. (laughs) (laughs) Largely kind of what you guys have already said, to be honest. It was a really solid, like, first 10 minutes. Jay was a great guest. Like, her just interaction with everybody was a lot of fun. Um, The Swedish chef, Gonzo, um, you know, Rolf, like I already said. Um, And then it just, like you said, it kind of just dipped in the second half, which was like a real shame. They brought it back up again, you know, when we had Jay's final number with Dr. Teeth, which was really, really good and a lot of fun. Um, but I kind of felt like it definitely dipped in the middle. Um, so that's why I decided to give it a seven uh, for this particular one. Well, it is time for us to uh, amble our way over to Jade's Muppet Book Club Corner Club. Jade, what have you got for us this week? I read poetry and sonnets and he plays the upright bass. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> peek behind the curtain we don't know what jade's putting into that slot she might just put any on she might just put in that clip of kim Kim (laughs) very tempting at this point to maybe do that (laughs) i think you should yeah just have it oh my god have it playing underneath the closing credits as i read them now Thank you so much for listening to Muppetsational. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast. You can follow us on social media. We are at Muppetsational on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Facebook. You can contact us at hi-ho at muppetspodcast.com and you can find out more about us and the he-dogs and the she-dogs and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com Um... Thank you so much for joining us again. 
uh, we are all exhausted and now, unfortunately, <laughs> the clouds have cleared and I have to go to the pissing gym. I'm so angry. So, goodbye from me and already tired Lewis Chandler. Goodbye from me, Jay Turner and Hubby Mark. <laughs> <laughs> And goodbye from a very tired Emma Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see you next week on another episode of Muppetational. Bye! Bye! And stop. Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod. And our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge, who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram. a funny show. Yes, it was. I wonder if they meant it that way. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>